This is the Pause and Reflect podcast with Haley, Sean, and Scout, and our two foster puppies have left the nest. They are out in the world. Dropped them off a couple days ago, and they we got to meet their families too. Yeah, that was really exciting. We did not get to like directly in person meet any of the adopters for our previous fosters, so it was really really fulfilling to get to shake hands and you know like see these baby dogs that we came to love interacting with their future families see how excited both couples were to have them that made it a lot easier for me like a lot easier yeah, you thought you were gonna cry the whole time oh i was so prepared Turns to cry you're the least sad out of all of them yeah it's absolutely insane what a difference it made that i i had confidence about where they were going i knew for sure it's not that i didn't have confidence before maybe that's not the, the way to say it i trust the shelter i know that they do their best with the application screening process and all of that but it, it was very different to get to first-hand experience and interact with these people who you know are going to be caring for them the rest of their lives yeah as long as it makes sense to you yep yeah, yeah. made me feel a lot better all right today we are going to talk a little bit sort of a, a two-part question um, one of my friends was talking to me and posed this as a potential podcast topic. She asked if it ever feels weird to be a voice in the community, you know, particularly the online dog community, and to not participate in dog sports because a lot of people in the community participate in them. And so I thought that, you know, there were two big things that came to mind for me. The first was the overall like, like dog sport specific topic, like talk, talking a little bit about how you and I feel about them why we don't do organized dog sports with Scout, if we've been interested, some of those sorts of things. And then the second part addressing the, does this ever feel weird? And how, um, you know, sometimes I think there, there can be misunderstandings in the community where if you do have a platform and you do share a lot, sometimes it is assumed that if you don't engage in a particular activity, that must mean that you dislike that activity or are even against it. And of course, that's not necessarily true. So I thought we could unpack both of those things a little bit. Yeah. I uh, guess we can start with why we don't do dog sports. Yeah. Wow, that Which... sounds like such a clickbaity headline. Like, why we don't do this with our dogs. <laughs> yeah. I, w I wouldn't even think to do dog sports with my dog. Yeah. It's definitely not that we're against dog sports, to be clear. I think they can be so cool. Sometimes I'm absolutely fascinated to watch videos I have a ton of acquaintances and friends in the community who are far more invested in dog sports. Um, we've just never really felt compelled to do them in any organized fashion. And I think that's because we really enjoy the life that we live. I think we're all really fulfilled with the activities that we do now. Um, and something else that you've helped me think more critically about, Sean, is that you know, as much as we adore Scout and she's a huge part of our life, we really like having our weekends and our evenings with more flexibility. And it's historically been hard for us to commit to, you know, something that happens on a set schedule. Like even when I've enrolled Scout in some of our group training classes for structured exposure to other dogs, I would find myself like not enjoying that we had a set day of the week that I had to be at a set place at a set time with her. Like I, I just didn't love that per personally, which is mm. fine. Like some people thrive with that sort of routine and it gets them out and about and doing something. Um, but I pretty much every time we did it, I found myself not enjoying that it was like such a rigid schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's a big overlap in the invested dog owners and the people who do dog sports, right? Oh, definitely. And I think it makes sense. Like sports can be a really great way to tap into a lot of natural canine instincts in 
a manner that is socially acceptable and like keeps everybody safe, you know, like yeah. you, you have barn hunt where dogs can emulate their, well, not even emulate, like they can act on some, a little bit, not really prey drive and barn hunt, but like, like the sniffing and the searching element of things. Um, but the rats are kept safe. They're taken from what I understand, the rats are taken really, really well care of. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, personally, I don't really have that much interest in general, I think we spend, for me, plenty of time with Scout, especially, I guess, in the past, a little bit, you know, a year or two ago, we've probably spent more time involved with training her and going to some classes. And that, for me, was plenty of Scout time in the week. (laughs) (laughs) I prefer to, like you said before, keep the other free time for other things. And for time with just you and me and, you know, reading books and doing nerdy things like science and whatever (laughs) that I like to do. Yeah, I always find Sean on random Wikipedia articles. Like, I ask him what he's doing or what he's reading about. And, you know, he's just, like, on some absurd, obscure history thing. Or, like, this morning we woke up and he was telling me all of these things that he learned about anatomy the other day because he was on Wikipedia at work. It's, It's pretty funny. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that we have a we have a strong element of very naturally hanging out with Scout nowadays. Where like a lot of the things that you listed, it's not that it's time without Scout. Sometimes we do. We we take time just for us as a couple. I think that's absolutely important. But the things like reading and writing and just sort of hanging out around the house, Scout's involved in that. We've created a level of harmony where, you know, most of the time she's snuggled up on the bed with us if we're doing those things or she's right by us on the couch. But it's a little bit less engaged it requires a little bit less active effort on our part and i think that's just a, a personal balance that we've really enjoyed striking yeah if you told me i could spend an hour a day training with scout and that i'd be a world champion in a dog sport i would not spend the time doing that and you definitely couldn't I do mean, that with just an hour a day <laughs> <laughs> more time but yeah it's definitely and i guess maybe fits our personalities we're not especially competitive people in that way but Well, I'm not competitive at at all. I'm, like, annoyingly not competitive sometimes. Like, even in board games, some... I guess I've gotten competitive with you in Monopoly, like, on rare occasions, because I always lose, and that feels frustrating. Yeah, it's not competitive when you get crushed. Yeah, but generally speaking, I'm really not competitive. And I want to be clear that it's not like a lot of dog sports are super cutthroat competitive either. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. It's just that for me... I don't feel a lot of personal motivation to go and do those things. And that doesn't mean that I'm not super supportive when other people do it. That doesn't mean that I think that it's a bad thing to do. Like not by a long shot. I'm so impressed by all of these people who are out there. You know, there's a whole range of dog sports. Like there's dock diving and there's fast cat. And then you have like IGP and Mondioring and like all of these. Like, like it's so cool. I really do believe there's a dog sport out there for everybody like there are dog sports that would suit us really really well and that would suit scout really well i've been interested in several of them before um you know like i've been interested in rally i've learned some rally signs online i've been interested in different things like that i've just never really followed through and for a while i was embarrassed about that it was like oh like is this a dedication problem is this a follow-through problem and then i I pretty quickly came to realize no it's just that this isn't my biggest interest and that's okay like 
I think they sound really cool. I think there are elements of them that we emulate in our own life. Like we do some sort of at-home nose work exercises with her. <laughs> Even this morning, you you know, you set up that really fun food search for her. Um, I just prefer to do those things a little bit like like what for me feels more natural in our day-to-day life than actually setting up a structured setting to go do them. Like I think Scout would love agility. I just personally enjoy like natural agility out at the park or just hanging out in our yard a little bit more than I think I would enjoy a structured class. Um, and again, like that's just a personal, personal preference thing. Some of it also comes down to scouts feelings about being in new environments and particularly crowded environments, especially if a lot of other dogs are present. That's a situation that she absolutely can handle nowadays. And I'm really, really proud of that and the work that we've put in. Like, I think our group class experiences were good decisions. I'm proud of you know, how we prioritized that and how we pushed out of our comfort zone. But I think the fact remains that right now it really feels to me like it's just who Scout is, that she is generally happier and enjoying herself more if she's doing something just the two of us and we're in an environment that she knows well or, you know, we're just at the park hanging out. I think she gets more joy out of that than she would out of you know, being on agility equipment in a building that smells like other dogs and that has other dogs present. Yeah, might be. I feel like we could probably have pretty much just as much fun either way, mm-hmm. I guess. Maybe that's it. it. It honestly does feel a bit like a horse apiece. Like, she's very, very fulfilled. We're very fulfilled. What do you think gets people into dog sports? Oh, so many things. You spend enough time with your dog that eventually you decide to try one? I mean, I think that's part of it. I really do think there's a dog sport for pretty much everyone. Like I said before, like I think people get invested in training their dogs more, or maybe they're looking for an outlet for their dogs. Um, One of the things that my friend who posed this question was talking about is that some dog sports enable her to think a little bit less critically about how to fulfill her dogs. You know, the way that I think Mm -hmm. about how we're fulfilling Scout and our gameplay and things like that. Sometimes it can feel a little bit mentally easier for her actually to you know, like have the the structured nose work class or whatever class going on. I think there's an element of that. Um, like I'm, well, you, you are too, both of us. We're pretty like DIY, love being super involved kind of people. I, I don't love when someone just gives me a framework to follow, actually. I used to want that. And there are absolutely merits to that. Um, but just like for me, I think I'd rather hang out with Scout and like find the fulfilling things sort of on our own rather than be in a class where someone is telling us like, and now you will do this thing. Um, So I think that's an element of it. I think dog sports can have really, really, really great community. You definitely hear about things happening in them that aren't so nice, particularly in some of the more competitive ones. But I think there are fantastic people in pretty much every sport, and it can be really great, especially for people who are looking for an in-person community Mm -hmm. to connect with. Um, I think that's one reason that I haven't been super interested in them is that Like, I'm all for an in-person community. I'm absolutely not against new connections. I just, I do feel really satisfied right now with, like, my social life and the life that we live. And I'm not really looking for other sources of community right now. Like, not actively looking. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not close to it, but I don't feel like that's something that would really add a ton to my life right now. But I think community is a huge piece for people. I think it can be really fun. I mean, it's super fun. Like, I was pumped when... I'm sure it's fun. I mean... You know, you could go do a lot of things that are fun, for sure. Like you could go join a normal sports, human sports club. For sure. <laughs> and it's fun to, like, get the title sometimes and, like, some of that competitive piece. Even if it's a really 
encouraging like communal sort of competition, you know, not like some cutthroat thing. Yeah. Um, that can be really fun. I thought it was so exciting, like when Scout got her trick dog title. Right. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. I also think that, um, you know, maybe we're delving a little bit out of the quote unquote just owner territory, but dog sports can be really important for breeders, people who are looking to prove their dogs. Like if you're breeding dogs for agility homes or for IGP homes, you want to title your own dogs in these sports and demonstrate that your, you know, your breeding stock is up to par. That's a very valid reason. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that they offer. It just hasn't been something that I've personally felt super drawn to. And whenever I've considered it, it's either been, you know, like it's been difficult to find in-person class environments for these things. I've done so many different group classes down here. I've talked to so many different trainers and haven't like really felt like we've vibed super, super well to the point that I'd want to continue a long-term partnership with any of them. And I just haven't been interested enough in it to put in the extra effort that it would require to like go find a place to do barn hunt, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trying to think about myself. I wonder if I could ever get into it. I don't think I could. It's just... Like I said before, I think we spend good scout time the ways that we like to, and I don't even think I'd enjoy it that much, but maybe I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that if we decided to do it and throw ourselves into it, I'm sure we'd have fun. Like, again, I, I think dog sports can be so cool. There, there are so many awesome things. I just think that it seems to me that for us, it really comes down to just being really happy with our life, and I like our status quo. I don't feel super motivated to shift our status quo a bunch right now we're getting the fulfillment and satisfaction that we want in different ways so cheering super hard for all of my friends who are more invested in dog sports i think it's so fun to watch i just i just don't personally have that intensive an interest into it yeah which i think leads into you know the sort of second idea like like the way this question was phrased was does it ever feel weird or have people ever made you feel weird about it and i think that Sometimes it's lost in translation that we can have different interests and different personal preferences and not think less of people who don't share the same opinions. Like, I don't have to love all of someone's hobbies or or want to do someone's hobbies on my own to still think that those hobbies are completely worthwhile and that that person is completely worthwhile. And I think... Um, most people have been really, really kind and respectful and, you know, they'll ask about dog sports and once we chat about it a little bit, everyone's on the same page and, it, you know, there's not a ton of pressure. But on occasion, there have been people who seem weirded out that we don't do dog sports with Scout or that that's not like an end goal for us. And there have been a handful of times where people have assumed um, kind of like what happened when I said that, no, we don't personally plan on having kids. And some people were like, oh, my gosh, like, why are you against children? There's definitely been an occasional element of that with the dog sports thing where it's like, oh my gosh, like, are you against them? Like you, you know, you don't do dog sports with Scout. Like, do you think that they're bad or this sort of thing? And it's Mm. like, no, no, no. Like, I just don't have the personal interest and like the personal preference that makes me really want to do it. But that doesn't mean that I'm against it. It doesn't mean that I'm any less invested of a dog owner. It doesn't mean that Scout is any less fulfilled. It's just approaching these things in different ways. Is there an anti-dog sports group out there? I'm sure there are. I know that there are people who who are against working dogs in almost any capacity, which feels very extreme to me. Um, 
to be clear, I don't actually know anyone personally who's on this extreme, so I might be butchering the way that people who identify in this group actually feel. I haven't really had firsthand experiences chatting with them. You know, there's like the extreme, like PETA people who are, you know, some of them think that we shouldn't even have any animals as pets because mm-hmm. it's like a form of servitude and all of these things. Um, that feels pretty ludicrous to me, given that, you know, even many modern dogs still have innate desires for work and different types of traits that they can really express freely during certain dog sports. Like I think dog sports are a great way when we talk about biological fulfillment in a, in a socially acceptable manner. I think dog sports are fantastic for that. Like you have a dog who really, really loves to chase prey and they, you know, they can't do that willy nilly out and about all the time. And you can put them in fast cat or um, even like some of the non-competitive types of of racing like there's a whippet who i follow who engages in that that can be controversial because of some of the associations with greyhound racing and you know there's a lot of nuance involved with how it's approached but i think that when you have dogs who have these really strong genetic instincts dog sports can be a fantastic outlet so it does seem ludicrous to me that there are people who are like ah like we can't ask dogs to work ever um i do think it's worthwhile you know, to consider if the dogs enjoy the work and why we're asking them to do the work and like keeping those central questions top of mind. Yeah. But then there are also people who are against dog sports that involve other animals in any way. So you have people who are against anything that involves herding because they think that herding is harmful to the livestock. Um, again, there's a lot of nuance in these conversations. I think most things can be done in a way that is really good and fair for the creatures involved. I absolutely think you can do things in a way that's unsafe. Like obviously if you're letting a dog loose on a sheep and letting that dog hurt the sheep and totally harass it and all of these things, like there's, there's a balance to strike. Um, someone actually asked me, it was anonymous, so I'm not sure who, but when I did one of those anonymous question boxes, someone asked me how I felt about barn hunt and if it was really necessary to put the well-being of rats at risk. And that was an interesting question. Um, there are people who are vehemently against barn hunt because they believe it's stressful for the rats. There are also rat lovers and rat owners and rat breeders who raise their rats specifically to be in barn hunt and say that the rats really enjoy it and mm-hmm. will show the rats, you know, attempting to interact with the dogs and feeling comfortable and entering the tubes willingly. So again, you have like all of this nuance and these different opinions. Um, from what I've experienced personally and conversations I've had, I do get the impression that barn hunt rats, at least, you know, those who are doing the sport, quote unquote, right, like the way that that the sport was intended to be done, those rats are treated pretty, pretty well and do seem to enjoy it. But of course, you know, you have, you could have unpredictable situations, all these things. So yeah, that's my long-winded answer to your question of if there's an Hmm. anti-dog sports club. There are like different flavors of people who are against dog sports, but I think, uh, I think it's really hard to be against them altogether, especially when you consider the nuance of how we can go about them. Yeah, especially for me, I know so little about it and what it actually is like to go do these dog sports that I can't exactly have much of an opinion about whether or not they're good or bad. And it is a little bit hard hard to have an opinion personally about if I would like them even. It's hard to know. Yeah, it's hard to know. It does seem pretty obvious that a lot of these dog sports, if you do them right, can be really great for the dog, great for the person as a opportunity to enjoy working with their dog, getting to know other people and learning from other people, all that stuff. And Yeah, there's a lot of great things to it. And I just think, I mean, I'm a broken record about nuance all the time. I'm sorry. I'm sure that gets annoying at certain points, but it's so true, especially in this conversation. Like 
you know, the fact that we don't personally do dog sports and I'm willing to talk about the great things that I see in them. And yeah, absolutely. I'll have a conversation about the things that seem problematic. Like there have been some really valid points raised in the dog community about dog sports having really high barrier to entry that, you know, can feel like it excludes a lot of people. Um, Racism in dog sports has been a conversation that's coming up more and more. And I think there's a lot of validity to that. Like these are things that we should be talking about. But talking about a particular facet of something that doesn't sit well with me doesn't mean I'm against the whole thing. You know, like like coming back to that overall concept of does this ever feel weird or have people ever made you feel weird or does this ever get misconstrued? Like, I think the internet is messy. Hmm. And that's kind of one of the reasons. Like, sometimes it does feel like if I'm willing to talk about a very particular piece of something that doesn't sit right with me, Sometimes I think people hear that as like, I am against this thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've almost never straight up intended to say I am against this thing. In very extreme circumstances, like, you know, if we're talking about actual dog abuse, there have been some horrible things that have happened at different board and trains and misuse of tools and things like that. Like, by all means, I will go so far as to say I am against this. But usually I'm trying to have a conversation that's that's pretty nuanced and allows room for a lot of differing perspectives and like just those personal preferences that we talked about like Haley and Sean sitting on their couch saying we're not really interested in dog sports is not synonymous with us sitting here saying people who do dog sports are dumb (laughs) no it's mostly I haven't even tried it or thought about it (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes there definitely are people in the social media space who will hear it like that they'll you know they'll see my my question, you know, story box answer saying that, nah, we haven't really, you know, like I've been interested in dog sports, but it hasn't been a priority. And they, they will take it a bit personally and think that I'm Mm. saying that they also shouldn't be interested in dog sports, which is, it's tricky. You know, it's hard. I can't overthink everything I'm saying always because someone might perceive it in a way I didn't intend. I mean, if, if I did that, I would never say anything at all. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, that's not on you. It does seem Sometimes I think people use it a bit as like a sort of implied or leading question a bit, or people are a bit hopeful that maybe there is a stronger opinion or some sort of ooh drama behind it. But we're pretty vanilla. <laughs> I have strong yeah. opinions. They're just about broad topics and still leave room for nuance. <laughs> Do you think the dog owners and trainers who don't do dog sports get less respect at all or is that like you know very particular to some people maybe have a bias against it but mostly don't yeah I think it depends on context um I definitely have had direct exposure to some trainers particularly in the protection sports world who for lack of a better term I would say are trying to be really um like macho (laughs) like Mm -hmm. I feel like I've had some interactions that definitely smelled like sexism to me from certain male trainers in the really classic, like, tough sports, you know? Like, I'm this badass guy, and I train these dogs with crazy energy and drive for protection, and so, (laughs) like, I'm going to be a jerk to people who don't do that and say that they can't handle it and whatever. Um, I do not think that that's, like, the norm or the majority. To be clear, I've also had some absolutely wonderful interactions with people in those sports. And there's a lot more women getting into protection sports 
anecdotally from what I've observed um, as an outsider. And I think that's really cool. So not trying to generalize about like IGP or, well, or protection sports, but even as someone outside the dog world, it's obvious that some trainers yeah. intentionally take that personality on for their own merit or to sell their book or whatever. I think it depends a lot, you know, like if they get less respect overall. I think that if you have a working dog puppy and your intention is to do dog sports, it makes perfect sense that you are not going to trainers who don't engage in those sports themselves directly for advice. Um, I think that the question of whether or not those people deserve less respect, like to me, it just depends so much on long-term goals. Like if I wanted to get a sport dog puppy and go as far as I could in a sport, then absolutely in the sense of seeking sport advice, I would respect trainers and owners who are in that space more. But if I'm trying to live a really seamless, harmonious pet life with a dog who's super anxious and insecure and has previously been reactive, you know, where exactly I go for that information might be different. I do think that sport dog trainers have a lot to offer the pet dog world. And I think that I've seen more overlap in the past few years. When I very first got more into the dog community, um, I think it was Chad Mackin. Maybe it was a Dog Training Conversations podcast. That's the archive podcast that was Chad and Jay Jack. Um, or maybe it was a Facebook post by Chad. I don't know. Chad Mackin was involved. I'm trying to properly attribute credit to this sentiment. Um, he was talking about how often pet dog trainers would ignore sport dog trainers and say that they couldn't apply things because, you know, often a lot of people in the sport world are working with dogs who were pretty specifically bred for that mm -hmm. purpose. You're looking at some perhaps different stability and genetics and predictability in some of these things. And so some of the pet people would say like, well, what do you have to offer me? You're totally different. And I do think there's a lot of overlap. Like I think the point that Chad was making was that a trainer who can take an animal who has all of this insane drive and like help them control it, but still be able to express it when the, the context is appropriate. Like they have a lot of potential insight to give pet dog trainers. Um, and I think again, from an outsider, I've seen more, more of a transition with a lot of working dogs and sport dogs, like also living as pets. Um, I think this maybe used to be more common. Again, I'm not like directly in the space, so this is just anecdotal, but you hear of sport dogs who absolutely don't live as pets. You know, like they're, they're pretty much crated when they're not working and they're not really like part of the family. Like they're more specifically for that sport. Mm -hmm. And I think there's been some of a transition, like, like Ivan, um, he talks a lot about how his, his sport dogs, like, you know, some of his world champion dogs also like, share the couch with him and that sort of thing. So I mm -hmm. think there's more overlap between like, like pet dog training world and sport dog training world are definitely different worlds, but there isn't a hard stop between them. And I think that the respect piece just really varies depending on what people's goals are. Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't know what it's like from an outsider. I'm trying to imagine if I wasn't involved in the dog world at all, it is really darn cool to watch a sport dog, like particularly one of the really high drive, like a dog doing protection sports and executing it beautifully. Like it is just marvelous to watch. I do have so much respect for the handlers and dogs doing that. Like it's just incredible. It's, it's above and beyond so many things that I've witnessed. But at the same time, I get like, I get pretty much just as ecstatic when we're at the beach and I see a dog playing a really, really engaged game with their owner. And I, you know, I nudge mm -hmm. you and I'm like, look at that dog. Like that dog is having so much fun. Like for me personally, it's, 
it's a very similar sort of excitement. It's just like, wow, like look at these dogs and these people cooperating and just like playing off of each other and working together in these ways. I think that that cooperation, that bond can look like a lot of different things. Yeah, you definitely, I can imagine where with a new owner, there's not that much, just like your goals in general aren't that overlapped with the intense um, dog trainer. There's definitely always going to be things to learn, like you said, especially about, you know, the dog, the sport dogs are often in more intense situations. And Oh, yeah. It's some of those more extreme things that can be sort of informative a lot of the time just about our dogs, even though most of the day-to-day life you don't see that come up. But I think it still at least gives you like a, a bit of a sense for the wide range of behaviors or things that a dog can do or be. Yeah. Yeah, I think dog sports are fascinating. Like they're really, really, really cool. I just don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, we talked about several different variables at play. I just don't feel like it's my thing. And maybe if I really committed to it and I like put scout in agility and we really started working on it, maybe I would start to feel like it's my thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm, you know, like writing it off before we try it, but I'm, I'm just so happy with life right now. (laughs) And well, especially looking forward to being in the van. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's writing it off. I definitely feel this we have we're lucky in that we can choose to do a lot of different things you know we have like however many times or hundreds of options like i could go start spending two hours a day learning a guitar and become a much more invested guitar player and you know really be way better than i am now in a couple of years but you know it's not like i'm deliberately thinking you know here's the trade-offs i'm choosing not to do guitar yeah, but, but you are sort of inherently considering those opportunity costs. I think opportunity cost is something that you and I talk about explicitly mm-hmm. somewhat regularly. You know, like just because we're choosing to do one thing over another and prioritize our resources accordingly doesn't mean that we hate the thing that we're choosing not to do. Sometimes it's like one one thing wins by a very small margin, but that just ends up being the decision that we make. Yeah. A lot of the other times it's hard to quantify it. Oh, or super. Just, I know I'd be happy. Like, it'd be cool to go learn the guitar more. And if it got to the point where I was too obsessive or too frustrated with having to practice every day, then I could stop. But, yeah, I guess for me, I'm sure we could get into dog sports. and I'm sure it'd be fun. Oh, absolutely. But... It's just not a current priority. It's not a current, like, huge draw for us. And that's okay. Yeah, it is interesting. I do think there's just so much... I don't know. The social media space in particular is really interesting. Like, there's also such a spectrum of dog sports. And I've, again, seen a lot of really great community from dog sports. I have seen some not-so-kind things being said, like even by people who do quote-unquote more serious dog sports, knocking people who do less serious dog sports. And I think maybe part of it for me, too, is that I'm just so not interested in those sorts of comparisons. It took me a while in Life with Scout to reach this point where I feel like I can pretty critically ask why we're doing things, and I can think about what Scout enjoys and what I enjoy and what you enjoy and what we're going to enjoy as a family and like make decisions that I can stand by and decisions that I can feel good about. And 
I am super turned off by any sort of space that seems to have implications that, like, thing X is inherently better than thing Y, and people who do thing Y are bad, lazy, insert adjective of your choosing. Um, and to be really clear, like, I don't think that all of the dog sports communities are like this. I hope, I hope I've spent enough time praising dog sports in this episode that people listening won't do the thing we talked about earlier and think that I'm now saying I'm against them. Um, but that, that might be part of it for me. Like, I, I'm not interested in some of those comparisons that it feels like start to happen. Hmm. That's sort of what I was asking before about some of the respect of if, yeah, some people I'm sure feel like they're in the more serious dog sports or more serious trainers as a result of it. And it might be true depending on your connotations with the word serious. Like I am not trying to say that the effort it takes to live harmoniously with Scout is directly equatable to the effort it takes to have a world champion IGP dog. Like that would be ludicrous. But I do think those situations are very, very, very different with different goals in mind, different people, different dogs involved. And that, you know, for me, it often just feels like any sort of comparison is kind of ludicrous. Like, like, you know, cliche, but very much apples (laughs) and oranges there. And if everyone is happy and no one's being hurt, then why bother? Like, let's just enjoy ourselves. (laughs) It'd be very hard to convince me that the person doing the most intense or serious you know, stereotypical dog sport is living a better life with their dog than the person who's doing the most chill, laid back, you know, least involved in a way <laughs> dog sport, you know. Yeah, yeah. So much of it comes down to that individuality that I feel like we, we touch on often just because it's such a huge, you know, vein kind of running through my dog ownership philosophy and running through life with Scout. Like, for different personalities, you know, you take an individual person and their individual dog, I think absolutely you can make claims about which lifestyle would be best for them. Yeah. But you can't really like zoom out and apply that to everyone across the board because now you have different personalities and different interests and different access to resources. Like, again, I do think that there's quite a bit of privilege that is worth talking about when it comes to certain dog sports. Even thinking of, um, we were talking about opportunity costs, thinking of financial opportunity costs for different things. Like even the really casual group classes that we've entered scouting for exposure to other dogs like they can cost a a pretty hefty sum for a four or six week class and having access to agility spaces and trainers and you know whatever the dog sport is I know it varies a lot by location by sport all of that but the costs can really add up and it costs money to enter trials and you know you you have to pay for transportation to get to these places and I think a lot of that adds up too so there's also an element of like there are lots of people out there who would love to do dog sports but those dog sports are not accessible to them and so assuming that everyone who doesn't do dog sports is against dog sports is problematic on another level because there are external constraints that can prevent people from pursuing these things that they're interested in and so you know to make an assumption about how that person feels or Mm -hmm. or to take offense at that is um you know can, can be harmful at a, at a different level. I would like everyone to hold hands and sing Kumbaya, please. That is what I would like on the dog internet space. <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. Do you think you'd ever own a dog in the future that was more suited to or like higher drive so that you could get into dog sports or whatever the right fit as a dog would be? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say never. 
I I don't see myself being someone who's interested in protection sports. I know a lot of really amazing people who have had one dog kind of like Scout, you know, not not exactly like Scout, but like they've started with one dog, often a rescue dog, and then they've gotten into the dog training world and then they've been really interested and so then they've bought a purposefully bred dog mm-hmm. for a sport, often IGP. Um and I think that's so, so cool to watch. I don't see that for myself personally. It's really hard for me to imagine getting into like the protection sport world or, or anything like that. I could certainly see, you know, getting a well-bred herding dog of some sort and maybe dabbling in agility or like actually doing some rally trials or things like that. Like the sports that I've considered off and on with Scout and have just decided not to prioritize. But it's tough for me to imagine getting a puppy with that purpose in mind. Does that make sense? I'm very, very open to entering the organized dog sport world if it seems like something that would really benefit a future dog and would really benefit me and something that we would enjoy. But I don't see myself like sitting down and getting a dog for that purpose. Like, it's not like I'm going to say I want to compete in agility and then get a dog specifically suited for agility. It would be the other way around. I'd like find out that my dog... Maybe we weren't as fulfilled living this other lifestyle or they really, really showed a propensity for something. And then absolutely, I'd be open to it. So kind of like a yes and no to that question, I guess. (laughs) It is a big commitment to get a dog specifically suited for that and then, you know, go to the dog sport and probably spend years and years training for it, competing, etc. Yeah. And it's so cool. Like when people want to make that commitment, I just am... It's not what makes me feel really excited. I really love kind of existing in this like just an owner space. And like my goal isn't to become a professional trainer and it isn't to become a really great dog sport competitor. It's fundamentally really simple to just share a life I enjoy with a canine and make sure that they enjoy that life too. And, you know, again, that's like almost a stupidly simple goal. And a lot of people have different goals or bigger goals. And that's so cool. But I'm really happy with this goal. Like I love the idea of just living with dogs and living well with them and you know jumping in the car with scout not really knowing exactly where the destination is and just knowing that wherever we get to we're all going to enjoy it together just like we did this morning like that's it's one of my favorite things yeah i think we do a pretty good job i think so we made scout sit on a patio in the rain this morning that's covered well yeah Half of her mat got pretty wet, but she was still happy to be with us. And, you know, like that kind of thing makes me really, really happy. That brings me a lot of joy and it is enough for me right now. Who knows what the future holds? I don't know. Maybe in a few years I will suddenly wake up and be like, I want to do all of the rally or all of the whatever. (laughs) Um, I just really like our life right now. I'm really happy with how we spend our resources and how we spend our shared time together. But that doesn't mean I'm against people who make different decisions. I would really like to hammer that point home. I think you got there. I I hope I got there. Because it is true. Sometimes, you know, a lot of the the quote-unquote larger voices, however you want to define that in the online dog space, are very invested in, like, one particular area. Like, maybe they're a large voice in a certain sport community or something like that. Um, Sometimes it is a little bit strange to just be like, I don't know, I'm a pet owner like we just we just do pet things like that's all Hmm. but but that's enough too you know like that's just as worthy of a goal yeah of course yeah 
Anything else? What? I don't know. You are such an outsider to the dog sport world. Like, any other thoughts coming to mind that you haven't gotten to express yet? No. Nah. I don't think so. Do you think Scout would like dog sports? Not especially. I don't know. I'm sure she could come to like them. Yeah. I uh, feel like I feel like she definitely like elements of them. I it's hard for me to imagine her liking a particular dog sport, especially in the context of like trialing in a strange environment with strange people and dogs more than she likes the things that she currently does. It kind of feels like a like a horse apiece. Yeah. I wonder it comes to mind as like even my friend Brett talking about him and his hunting dog where he feels like, you know, his hunting dog's really in its element when they're out hunting and sort of seeing the dog in what seems to be the environment that it's at its peak in. Yeah. It seems to be, you know, I don't know if I'd exactly call that enjoyment because sometimes it's, you know, a bit of agitation or... Sometimes it can just, become obsessive. Yeah, some sort of intensity there, though. And I guess I wonder, maybe that's what some people see with the dog sports or have experienced. I'm not sure Scout would really be like that. I don't know if her... It's going to be like her new favorite thing where we see her light up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that you brought that up because I think that is a super... Like, that's a driving force behind a lot of people doing dog sports. Like, again, it's this very socially acceptable way to light their dogs up. Like, like to, you know, what makes your dog's heart sing? How can you emulate all of those things that in a perfect, natural world for them that they would love to do? Mm-hmm. And I think there are dogs out there whose certain dog sports are just, like, absolutely the most perfect fit ever. And I'm sure that Scout would enjoy a lot of them. I think we've found a lot of, like, other substitutes that fit into our life that work really well. Like I see Scout light up with joy in a lot of activities that we do. So I'm not really actively looking for a new one. Yeah. But I don't think she'd like hate them. (laughs) We're playing with some stuffed toy around the house is like about peak enjoyment. (laughs) (laughs) And I also think, I don't want to dive too much into it. um, But I also think that like purpose bred dogs and genetics have a role here like scout is a cattle dog sort of ish you know a little bit of a mix going on in there i haven't seen her herding instinct come across as strong as i've seen it in other herding breeds she's kind of like you know a little bit of a mixed bag and so if scout were a like a purpose-bred working cattle dog i might feel really differently and i might feel like yeah like that dog needs to be herding because that is what's going to light her up the most so I also, I just think there's so much room for variation. Like some people get a dog bred for a very specific purpose and there's a dog sport that perfectly emulates that purpose. And it's like, heck yeah, that makes so much sense. Whereas with Scout, she's maybe like a little bit more spread out is, is the word that's coming <laughs> to mind. Yeah, I think so. Like, I don't think we're depriving her of anything by not putting her in herding lessons or in agility or things like that. But I, I might feel that way if she was different and if she really showed a strong propensity for one of those things. Yeah, definitely. And even if she did, I think there's probably ways to get there that are as much or very close. I guess, I don't know, I'm sure with certain dogs, you know, the only way to really get to that top is through a certain activity. But yeah, you can probably get pretty darn close even around the house. 
Yeah, depends a lot on the dog and owner. You know, like you get a really, really, really intense dog who was bred for a very specific sport. I'd be more inclined to say like, yeah, they probably need to be doing that sport or activities that are really, really close to it. But, you know, you have dogs of a certain breed with these natural inclinations that weren't weren't bred to quite that intensity. I think there's a lot more wiggle room. And mm-hmm. I'm certainly not a breeding expert. So yeah, <laughs> probably shouldn't dive too much in there. I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. But that's like the general sentiment that I've sort of come to feel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just buy some mechanical cattle for the house. <laughs> uh, we could just dress you up like a cattle. Yeah. yeah. And around the backyard. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. In summary... No, we don't personally do dog sports. We don't really plan on it. I've been interested in dabbling off and on, but as time goes on, it's harder to see myself actually, you know, like putting my foot down and putting in the effort to make it happen, particularly given that in just a few months we'll be moving into a van and won't have like a full-time area to call home, like, you know, won't really physically be able to develop a long-term in-person relationship with a training facility. But that said absolutely not against dog sports see a ton of merits in them think it's worth considering parts of the communities that maybe could be improved um you know some of the accessibility piece things like that but i think they're fantastic when done in a way that is thoughtful for both the handler and the dog it's just not my personal cup of tea yeah but i will indeed continue to show you super cool videos (laughs) of malinois doing crazy things I could watch those YouTube compilations or some of the sport trainers and owners that I follow. I could watch their stuff forever. So when I say it's not my cup of tea, I don't mean it's not my cup of tea to like be exposed to or to watch. I just don't really feel like getting my hands dirty with it. Sounds good. All right. Speaking of, should we go do Sean and Haley dog sports and play some tug in the backyard? (laughs) It's going to be a brawl. All right. (laughs) 